Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to Navigating Business, a business podcast hosted by the U.S. Pan-Asian American Chamber of Commerce, or USPAC, in conjunction with the Community Navigator Pilot Program, or CNPP, brought to you by the U.S. Small Business Administration, or SBA. My name is St. Hung, CEO of Universal Processing, one of the spokes under USPAC for CNPP. And it is a pleasure and an honor to be hosting Navigating Business for a fourth time, where we hear from Asian American and minority business owners nationwide, where they share about their experiences, their backgrounds, and their trials and tribulations as they strive for success. Today, we have the distinct pleasure and honor to be joined by Daniel Sue, all the way from California. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you want to say to the audience? Well, I've been in community development for all my adult life. What started as a a temporary job turned into a career. Okay. Uh, I worked throughout Southern California, uh, different community development agencies. Previous to that, I, I did own my own businesses. And then once I got into helping others, it, it's kind of addictive and rewarding at the same time. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. So the, the business you're representing currently is you're the chairman of the William and Stephanie Foundation, correct? That's right. William Stephanie Foundation. Uh, my wife and I started this foundation during COVID because we were finding that so many of the Asian community, the different communities, as well as Korean, Chinese, what have you, a lot of people were being left behind. They weren't getting attention of the government. They weren't having things uh, as far as uh, getting their COVID money. They were kind of lost and no one was really helping them. We, we had been working with these various Asian communities for quite a few years because we, we saw the need for getting them the resources of, of the federal and state government. And so we we really saw that brought to light when COVID hit and a lot of businesses couldn't get the funding or the assistance that to, to get their applications in or if their problem happened, they had no one to turn to, shall we say. No, no, I, I completely hear you. And being in business to help the Asian minorities of the U.S. out there for nearly three decades. That's completely correct. There's still so many Asian American immigrant business owners that don't speak fluent English. Sometimes they have difficulties reading legal documents or contracts. And, you know, in the 90s, they needed all the help they can get. And then in the post-2020 era, they also still, many of them need all the help they can get. I was just curious because I did, did look up the foundation on the website and I was digging around. Your name, Daniel, your wife is named Ling, but the foundation is called William and Stephanie. So how, how, how did that come about? Who are they? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Actually, William Stephanie, my, my son is Nolan William and my daughter is Phoebe Stephanie. And because we, my wife and I, we work pretty much every day, weekends too, you know, depending on our schedule. And we wanted to have them involved in what we do because it's, builds character for kids and someday hopefully they'll they'll take over the company or the organization or at least be a part of it and they've already been a significant part of our organization by a leading leading example for example my my daughter is a fantastic artist and she's actually sold paintings and donated some of the proceeds to the foundation wow uh, my, my son is a, a pianist and he he can listen to songs and, and figure out how to play them without music. And he makes up his own songs. So he plays during some of our events. <clears throat> so 
William Stephanie Foundation, we, we not only help businesses, but we also help the young, the, the youth, young kids where if they have a specific talent, we, we help to nurture their talent so they can be got, become uh, examples for the future, as well as now. A lot of young, talented kids are, are examples to others of what can be done if, if you just apply yourself and, and focus on, on your God-given talents. So I hear that. Yep. That's yep. kind of it in a nutshell. Great, great. Nurturing your next generation to be exemplary citizens is always amazing. Now, I, I did hear at the very beginning, you mentioned you work likely seven days a week, you said, including weekends. That is some immigrant grit. So what what, <laughs> what was the story of your beginnings, you and your wife in America? What is your American story? Actually, I'm a fourth generation Chinese American. My, my father... Our great-grandfather came over, built the railroad. Then back then, the, the women couldn't come over here. So he went back to China. And then, you know, years later, my father came up over as a 10-year-old boy to live with his relatives. And then my mother grew up in Ohio, where they were the only Chinese family in, in Chillicothe, Ohio. And they, ironically, ran a laundry. It was either a laundry or a restaurant back then. Right. Yes. The the options were very limited, but it definitely took earlier generations to help us plant our roots and expand from there. Where we have so many doctors, lawyers, engineers, and you know other high skilled professions today. That's right. Uh, yeah. 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 So wait, wait. Your your mother's from Ohio. Your father was also, or your father was on the West Coast, California. He was in Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Okay. I guess he was driving through town one day and. She was working at a Chinese restaurant, another ironic thing, and they met there, and and the rest is history. Okay. Now, oh, pardon me. Okay. My my wife, on the other hand, she's mainland Chinese. Okay. So we, we met, and she moved over here, and here we are now in Southern California. Okay. Wonderful. You you, you found your way to the good weather. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. good to hear. Okay. Well, how about yourself? You you had mentioned you managed businesses. What was your start as an entrepreneur? You know, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to have a business, and it doesn't matter what what I would do. I guess when I was in my late twenties, I started a printing company, a garment printing company on my own. From there, I had a children's clothes store. Okay. And after that, I had a mortgage company for for a while, and then. What happened is during the Northridge earthquake, my, my entire book of business got wiped out in the mortgage because oh, no. no one would lend to homes that get toppled by earthquakes in Southern California at the time. Wow. And so I took a job in, in, at a community development organization to run a community development bank. So that was my start. Wow. So you, so you ran two or three businesses, even the, the garment business and the printing business. I, I get how that connects with clothes, but how did you make the jump to the financial market or, or mortgages. I, I had a friend at the time who, he was into mortgage and I needed to make some money. So he, he said, well, why don't you try this out and see what you think. So fair, I, fair enough, fair I was, enough. Yeah, yeah, I was good at, at numbers, so. Okay, um, being good of. at numbers, also ironic, an Asian that's good <laughs> at numbers, right? We, we, we covered the right. laundromat, we covered the Asian restaurants and now we're great at numbers. But right. I never wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. So during your entrepreneurial journey, Dan, what would you say were some 
significant lessons that you learned? For one, as an entrepreneur, you need to learn every aspect of business. Fortunately, because I was a business major, I had a finance background. I had an, I also worked at, at a CPA firm for a while. So I had a finance background too. A lot of businesses, they just absolutely don't understand finance, which is, is kind of sad because that's a very important part of the business. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah. Another thing is you really need to be out there and meeting people and, and letting people know you, that you're there in business. It's not always easy and, and against a lot of people's personality, but if you do it enough, then it, it becomes second nature. So uh, that, that's a couple bits of advice. That oh, th those are both those those are both gems. I, I I agree with you completely. You need your fundamentals. You never know when those business law classes that you took in college will <laughs> handy. Maybe some tax fundamentals, accounting fundamentals. Those are all really important because a business is there to make money, right? And you got to figure out what to do when you're making that money and you know how to allocate accordingly to handle handle your taxation and whatnot and uh, yep 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 okay let's see let's let's get back to the william and stephanie foundation what uh, it, it seems like your outreach is to focus on asian american communities and the underserved communities but you also help anybody reaching out looking for help at william and stephanie right that's right. That's right. Now, before I had worked under some different federal contracts, and I noticed that a lot of the focus was on the low-hanging fruit when it comes to minority community, like Hispanic, African-American, Chinese, shall we say. But a lot of the different groups, for one, they're kind of being ignored, kind of like the, the most second choice when it comes to marketing to them, to do events for them, to do outreach to their communities. And a lot was due to the fact that um, it's not easy to penetrate some of these communities that time because they don't know who you are. Yep. And a lot of times the, people have even told me, hey, you know what, don't, this guy's uh, government, don't even send them because they'll show up and they'll talk a good story and then we'll try to get a hold of them and they'll, they won't return our call ever. Absolutely. So yeah. we we trying to we 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 determine you know you really need to go in there and build friendships and show people that you're going to be around tomorrow and and a month from now a year from now and so we were fortunate enough to work with the Consul General of Cambodia because he of course knows all the other Consul Generals of of the Asian communities our Asian countries. And so they are actually looked up to by their their citizens, even if they're over here. And they, they have ongoing communication and interaction, whereas we would never go to consulate here, the American consulate or what have you, or in case of Chinese consulate, not, not, like, not like they would, because, you know, they'll have events and so forth. So we started getting to, into their communities by that way. And then from there, you have their chambers of commerce and so forth. And so slowly, you, they start to get to know you and trust you. And we, we try to support their activities. We donated a lot of PPE during COVID times to these communities. And so they, they figure, yeah, I guess these guys are okay. Okay. These guys aren't bad. They're actually looking out for us. Right. No, Daniel, I, I completely hear that. I think just four to six weeks ago, my team, my team from Arcadia, and I were in one of the community malls in Irvine and Irvine, California, those malls are predominantly Asian. And we went door to door 
trying to help them out and schedule consultations for the CNPP Community Navigator pilot program. Mm-hmm. Looked at us like we had two heads, and we were <laughs> here there to like eat their children or something. It's like no, we're really here to help you. And they gave us the skeptical look, like side eye, like we really don't believe you. We really don't believe you. And you know, you know, when you're first entering an Asian market, I'm not trying to let the U.S. government or the social programs off the hook, but they are. The, the communities are very, very skeptical. These minority communities, they're skeptical. They're not going to call you. You could put the red, white, and blue, the American flag all over your marketing material. They're like, no, <laughs> oh, it's probably a scam. However, exactly. if, if you push hard enough and you're there and you keep doing your social programs and you keep having your seminars and they keep seeing your face, then Maybe, maybe, just maybe, like what happened with the PPE. We had that experience as well. Our company, Universal Processing, donated 15,000 masks to doctors. After a while, and you build enough goodwill in the community, you're like, you have to pay it forward so much for them to slowly, you know, give in a little bit. You know what? Let me actually listen to what this person's saying, right? Mm-hmm. It, it shows that you've got the perseverance and the tenacity to, to keep pushing through, keep pushing through. Now, Speaking of pushing through, it sounds like William and Stephanie has been around a while, but you've got at least a decade of background at the small business development corporations, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I started work for the the uh, nonprofit back in 1997. Well, excuse me. Um, I, I really got my start in community development during the Northridge earthquake when we had all those Asian businesses who got burned out or looted or what have you. Yep, yep. And so... They needed people who can deal with Chinese mm-hmm. and some of the other Asian groups. And so I was hired on there and must have helped two, at least two, three hundred businesses, you know, get their recovery money and what have you. So that, that was my start in community development. And then, yeah, then I think a, a year or two later, I went to work for the other nonprofit in, in, under federal contract. Okay. So that, that's over two decades, I, I guess, right? No, and- you know, that's like, 30 yeah, years. 30, 30. Okay. And, and now you've got the William and Stephanie Foundation. Did did you see this foundation getting to where it is now in the early days? <laughs> oh, I don't know where now. Well, you're, you're, I mean, yes. you go, when, when a visitor goes on your website, it seems like you guys are everywhere. You're out there, you know, multiple events per week. Oh, we are. Every single week, week in, week out, you're out there connecting with the community, helping the community and even us as a national spoke, you know, you, you have our complete respect and support because you, you've been doing this much, much longer. You know, we have a lot to learn from you. Well, you know, fortunately, my wife is really good at marketing PR. Okay. And she's really respected by the different media. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if we have an event or we tell them, okay, come to this other event, they'll show up. I don't okay. know if have you how often you or people have tried we have an event please come they'll send out however many requests and they'll be lucky to get one or two media to show up oh but, god uh, so, yeah. so why don't we treat them right the news guys you know they they work hard and you know they cover various events in one day but we always say hi to them or give them food sometimes we have funds to uh, to pay their their media organization Mm-hmm. So the, we have a good relation with media and you, you definitely need to have them on your side. Yep. Yep. You need to know people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I just had that discussion with Sophie. I believe you met Sophie Zai. 
She's oh, our, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. vice president at, at Universal Processing. She, you, you, William, Stephanie, and UP actually collaborated. Uh, I think just thirty days right. ago in right. Arcadia, small Arcadia. business workshop, right? And yeah, we was, just did, yeah, we just did another workshop in Flushing, Queens, the Glow Community Center, literally just yesterday. And okay. what she told me, she's like, "Do you know how many hundreds, if not over a thousand, contacts we made just to get a dozen, you know, twelve to eighteen people?" <laughs> show up to our event mm -hmm. and i was like no i i, I had I, I had no clue maybe, maybe next time daniel if we do a a, a joint activity maybe, maybe we, we can invite you maybe we can you and you and your wife can help wrangle some people to join our event in california sure. that we run one well All you right. know you know very another very important thing we do is um a lot of times we collaborate with the uh, state treasurer fiona ma okay and She's very pro-community, pro-business, and she knows all the different state programs. So we cover the federal, she covers the state, and mm -hmm. of course she has a good following as well. But a lot of people will come to hear her speak, mm -hmm. and so that's another way to draw people in. Okay, Commissioner Mom, literally taking notes, because like <laughs> I said, I'm not kidding, we got, we've got a lot to learn from you. We, we appreciate that nugget of wisdom as well. So what does what does the end game or what does success look like for the William and Stephanie Foundation? Well, you know, I, I would I would like to get the organization to the point where we are able to work on several contracts throughout a year's time and hire more people to to run these different programs, and then we can work more on the 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 marketing PR side of the nonprofit. Okay. Versus, we're we're actually a small shop, and we all contribute to whatever needs to be done. I hear you. Yes, running it entrepreneurially, right? Bootstrapping your your foundation, starting small, grassroots, going to events. Sooner or later, you'd like to build your team and then be more on the marketing and PR side. It sounds like that, that's exactly. what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, so, so far recently within these past two years, you joined up with uh, the community navigator pilot program to help out Asian American businesses. Uh, what's your experience been like and have there been some struggles in, in helping out with the CMPP or being a member of this uh, CMPP program? Well, you know, if we all had a wish we would, uh, we would have a lot more funding, shall we say? Okay. Then, no, no. <laughs> because, you know, for example, we go to this community. Mm -hmm. And we're able to do an event, but we don't we don't have any funding where we can help them to reach out to more and more of their members. Um, they usually they have a small nucleus and mm -hmm. as far as membership. But you know, once we bring in those members, we need to reach out to more and more businesses within that one community. But they only have a limited resource; they can't focus on helping us to meet those numbers or bring in more from their community. So that that's one problem where mm -hmm. if there's more adequate funding, then we can give them enough to hire someone either part-time or full-time. And their focus is to to bring people in, introduce us, or, or even help to do more events within their community to bring those new businesses in. Because as you know, you count one business once and you can't count them again. Um, okay. So I always have to be out there bringing in more and more business yes finding then, finding opportunities finding candidates to help out with yes right yeah and then as you know you know any business they usually have more than one problem 
Mm-hmm. So you help them, you do one thing, and then, okay, well, can you help me with this, that, and the other? So our time is being filled up trying to service these guys, but we can only count them that one time. Okay. So it, it, it makes it difficult to adequately service them with limited funds, shall we say, mm-hmm. and then also continue, you need to continue the marketing effort on, on all fronts. Absolutely. No, no, I, I hear you. And usually we allocate at least an hour or two for the candidate and maybe a follow-up after a certain amount of interactions. We've done all we, you know, as much as we can. And there you've got to go down the list of other candidates that are looking for help. But I would say, you know, if you look at the silver linings, the fact that there are candidates lining up and needing help and coming back again and again means that first we found the candidates, right? So this community navigator pilot program has some reach. And second, the candidates coming back, they're coming back for more help because the help was useful in the first place, right? Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I agree with you. We can always use funding. And I know Mrs. Allen, president of USPAC, she's out there in DC trying to, you know, convince, convince Congress and the SBA to expand on their budgets. And she'll look, look out for us uh, if and when she's successful. I have complete faith. By the way, speaking of Mrs. Allen, are, are you going to be at the celebration? In a couple of days, be there. Wonderful. We'll we'll see you there. We'll, we'll, we'll both go tug on that robe and be like, "Ma'am, <laughs> how's it looking?" So we'll be aligned in that sense. Okay. Let's see. You know, you're like I said, you're out there week in and week out. Do you have any highlights of the past week or month or year? What are you proud of when you're when you're out there? You know, representing and promoting the William and Stephanie Foundation. You know, it, it's it kind of surprised me, but a lot of times I'll have people come up to me and they'll, they'll say, hey, you know, really appreciate your advice and what you said about this, that, and the other, and it's really inspiring, or you really helped me in this situation. So that's that's really the, the rewarding side of this. And, and we really help businesses from literally startups to actually some very large businesses too because the, the large ones are, are going to help the economy in a greater way, as well as hire a heck of a lot more people quicker than, of course, the, the smart startup guys. So anyone comes in the door, we yeah. help. But also the fact is we, we've established a good relations with large businesses enough that they, they will come to us when they need help in specific areas and they, they appreciate what we do. And that that's that's a good thing it's, it's not like we're just small business and that's all we can do a lot any of, any business if you need help we're, we're here to help you i i think exactly. our organizations are aligned in that sense and go, going back to what you said about just having these candidates having these small businesses come up to you and be like hey thanks for helping you've really made a difference that is a, a proud moment that is a really fulfilling moment and for me having worked with the cnpp for nearly two years now. I, I agree. You start, you know, from walking into a business and they're looking at you like you've got two heads and you're there to rob them. And then slowly, 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 you go through that whole, you know, progress and you, you keep knocking on doors and you keep going back. And eventually they're like, hey, you know what? You're actually here to do good. <laughs> you've actually yeah. made a difference. That That's a whole redemption arc right there. So I hear you, man. Now, Going back to what I had asked initially, and, and, and you gave us a couple of gems. Can, can, you, can you quickly talk about the experience of 
the, the business person from startup or you have a medium sized or big business. And do you have any specific advice for Asians, Asian Americans trying to succeed in business in, in the US? I would, I would say, for example, if you have certain connections to an industry, whether it's family ties or friends or what have you, if that's a, a, something you might look into as far as can you make that a, a viable business. Of course, you don't want to go into something where there's too much competition for one. Okay. But also you, you need to enjoy what you do because this is not a nine to five job. You know, the, running a business, entrepreneurship is definitely right? not nine to five. Yes, yes. Exactly. So you also have something which you need to pick something which is suits your personality, your lifestyle, your, is your spouse and family going to support that? It's very important too, because as an entrepreneur, there are certain demands mm-hmm. on you that it's not going to be easy. You, you can't like uh, go home and forget about it. It's a continuous thing. So anyways, I will, I will look for something that obviously that suits your personality, suits your expertise or your level of capacity, I would say. Know-how, skill set, passion, exactly. all of that. Yes, yes. I, I just want to note for the viewers out there that not once was money or compensation even mentioned there. And that's how you know it's real in <laughs> life. Because I would say that the profitability of a business, that's actually a byproduct of your passion your know-how, your dedication, you know, the results of your family supporting you when you start and when you engage in a business. If you're doing well and if you're providing, you know, a a good or service that's beneficial to others, the revenues will find their way into their business. But like Daniel said, it's really important that you have any sort of connection with the business and you actually like doing it. So don't get into business for the money. Would, would you agree with that, sir? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Looks like, you know, we're, we're, we're rounding out the episode, but I, I, I do want to a- ask you this. You've told us plenty. You've got a lot of gems. You've got a lot of knowledge to give. In the case that uh, the viewers and business owners out there want to seek out your sage advice, how do they get in touch with you? Well, they can just Google William Stephanie Foundation and okay. our Facebook pops out, our website pops out. And uh, we have a call-in number. Okay. So, uh, yeah. He's got a website, telephone, email, socials, everything, right? That's right. So reach him out, reach out to Daniel and Ling at the William and Stephanie Foundation. And I think, just like you said, putting yourself out there and knowing when you don't know, knowing when you need more help, knowing when is appropriate to reach out and when it's time to be a little humble and be like, hey, you know what? Somebody out there has gone through similar experiences or has even more knowledge than myself. And I'd say there are many cases where uh, Daniel can be that candidate to impart this sage advice. That's right. All right. Uh, before we go, a- a- any any last words, sir? Any any last words? Anything you'd like to share with the viewers? If you can get the advice and from other people mm-hmm. or even work at a, a similar business than that kind of business you want to start, mm-hmm. then that would help you quite a bit rather than trying to recreate the wheel and and do it all yourself because you learn by other people's success and and failures. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, get get other people that have been there to save you time on your journey, right? Yeah. Save you, prevent you from falling too many times. We're all going to trip and fall, but you want to limit the amount of damage that you, that you you do and limit the amount of pain of those lessons while building your business, right? That's right. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's been a great discussion, Dan, and it's been a pleasant conversation. It's good to always listen to many stories from Asian Americans and other minority business owners to find out how to navigate business in America, especially in these days when it's tough to find the resources that one needs. We also want to thank our audience for tuning in, and we hope as usual, you can continue to join in on our next episodes, upcoming episodes of Navigating Business. Remember, this is a podcast brought to you by the U.S. Pan-Asian American Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. PAC, with the Community Navigator Pilot Program, or CNPP, as part of the SBA. Uh, Dan, thank you again. I look forward to seeing you in thank Vegas, you. baby, Vegas. Here we go. In a couple of short days. And, 18 uh, Black, remember that. Huh? <laughs> 18 Black. 18 black. All right. We'll see you at the roulette table. All right. Uh, kidding aside, we appreciate everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye now.